social ladies, all the 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 social ladies. Now put your phones up. Welcome to all the social ladies with CEO of Likable Media, Carrie Kerpin. Cause if you're social, then you really should be tweeting If you're social, then you really could be needless. You get mad when people say it's so mysterious. Because you're social, you're a leader and you're serious. Oh, oh, oh. Now, Carrie Kirpin. Hi, everyone. I'm Carrie Kirpin, CEO of Likeable Media, and I'm so excited to be here on another episode of All the Social Ladies. Today, I'm really thrilled to introduce Trisha Nichols. Trisha Nichols is the global lead of global consumer engagement for Gap, and her focus is on digital, social media, partnerships, branded entertainment, and music. And she's had a heck of a career, a career that spanned um, both the agency and brand side. So she's going to have a lot of wisdom for us. She's been uh, at Mediacom. She's been at PepsiCo. She's been at Tracy Locke. She's been really everywhere. She's had this really incredible career, and I'm so thrilled to have her on today. She's also an active advisor to startups within the retail, digital, entertainment, and music spaces, and she even was once an adjunct professor. So I'm so excited for her to share her wisdom with us today. Welcome, Trisha. Thank you. What a great intro. Well, we're so excited to have you because you really have a breadth of experience that I think will be so interesting uh, to our listeners. So why don't you tell us the whole story? Tell us the story of your career. How did you get started? How did you know what you wanted to do? And how did you end up in this incredible position at Gap? I actually wanted to do this when I was in school. So I'm one of those few people that went in um, and said I wanted to be in marketing and advertising and then, you know, actually did do that. Um, but it, it, was, it was a love at first sight situation. And, um, and as soon as I, I graduated, I did get a job at an advertising agency. And I think that is one of the most brilliant starts because you just learn so much about communications and you learn so much about, you know, being uh, someone that can wear a thousand hats um, and being able to think on your feet. So I, I was thrilled with that experience in the beginning. But I did have a love for marketing um, beyond just advertising. So I, I wanted to get closer to product. Um, I wanted to get closer to, you know, why things would happen and, you know, what, what's the outcome of your work. And um, so eventually I, I, um, I was lucky enough to, to work on Pepsi at one point in my career, and that became an opportunity to actually work for Pepsi. And, and that's, that was the beginning, beginning wow. um, that that got me to to eventually to Gap, which is Gap was a love also from the very beginning. I said coming out of college, I want to work for Gap one day. <gasps> that's incredible. And then you ended up there. Yeah. That's that's really amazing. Yeah. So what what skill sets do you think it takes to be able to grow a career within within marketing and and grow within these large organizations like this? What do you think it takes? You know. It, it takes a lot of curiosity, I think, because you have to be someone who doesn't need to know the absolute for you to accept that you can impact something or, or put something in motion. Um, it, it takes that intellectual curiosity. It takes a high degree of empathy. I actually think, you know, that that's extremely important in any kind of social and digital environment is that you understand your, uh, who you're talking to, you understand what their point of view is, you understand why they may feel a certain way. So I think it, in any of the industries, whether it's advertising, marketing, if it's, if, if it's particularly in social, um, a huge sense of curiosity, a huge sense of empathy, and a, a, a belief that you can do something even if there's no path carved. I just love people 
that can work in the gray area and that that are excited by that and are excited by, you know, the unknown path to, to walk down. I love that. So I, I, on a personal level, that's what I think it takes. That's awesome. And so when you started in your career, I would imagine that social was nowhere near at the level that it is now, <laughs> right? You started pretty much in traditional media, correct? I did. I oh. did, yes. So tell me about how, um, how you sensed that change, like when social started to come into play. And did you, were you an early adopter? How did that start for you? Yeah, I, I definitely was. I was actually at that time pretty immersed in, in Pepsi, and um, you know, when when things started to come around, Facebook, Twitter, you know, those pieces. I certainly was curious. I'd raise my hand to work on those types of things, and then you know, when you really saw other uh, type vehicles like a Foursquare, um, I remember very well a phone call I made um, to my team at the time and said, you know, I'm I've come across Foursquare. I think it's incredible. I think it has a lot of potential for our business. You know, I want to take that on. We don't even know what it is or how it works yet, and, and neither do they, you know, at that point. And so I just, I, um, I luckily, you know, had the ability to say, let's, let's test this, let's try it. Um, and I, I certainly fell in love with what social can do from a, um, a communication standpoint. It was it, at that time, you know, that's where you began to have true interaction with people. Um, but I, I think the ability to, to raise your hand and say, let's see what this can do. You know, these are early loyalty platforms before people really knew that's what it would become. And so how do you convince people when you're starting, there's a new network, something like Foursquare opens up, right? So the next Foursquare opens and we say, oh, this is something we have to jump on, even though there's no necessarily proven business case, right? We don't know yet what Foursquare can do mm-hmm. at that time. How did you convince people to do that? You know, you you think about what that company may not even know yet about itself. So any startup um, that you want to work with, you know, if you're a big brand, if you're if you're Gap, um, or you're any brand out there that that has um, you know the ability to to work in these platforms, you really try to to see what they can become next, even before they know it, and you you can offer your help to those companies. So a lot of marketers have the ability to work with a small startup or at the time, you know, what was Foursquare right. um, to say, you know, this is where your potential, we see your potential this way in our business and we can help you get there. And it, it actually is a unique, what I would say a long time ago, I was watching co-creation unfold. Wow. You would see um, the ability for a brand that really had a, a story for itself and it, you know, it knows um, what it wants to accomplish with its consumers be able to work with a startup or a, especially a social startup and say, this is how we see you in, impacting our world, but we can actually help you get there and build it. And, and I think it's such an incredible relationship between, you know, those, those vehicles, especially, like I said, social um, vehicles and brands. It's such a special relationship. I absolutely love that. And really the innovation that it requires to reach, for, reach out to the startup itself from the brand side and say, hey, we see your potential and here's what, what we would love for you to do. So it sounds like you're really pushing boundaries there. And I think that's awesome. So tell me a little bit about being at The Gap, what the social strategy is behind The Gap and, and how, how you've engaged. We've seen such tremendous engagement from you guys. We'd love to hear a little bit about it. You know, thank you for saying that. And um we actually we we do a lot in our our social um, worlds, and we actually believe that each each social channel has obviously its own personality mm-hmm. and and its own key um, pieces. You know, one thing that we I think we love is understanding um, how each work in their shelf life. If you if you work in um, Twitter versus Instagram versus Pinterest, 
what you're doing in those formats has a different shelf life, it has a different personality, and and how you interact with users on, on those platforms is very, very different. So that, to me, was the first incredible learning that we, we enjoyed and, and have the ability to cater to each one, I think, is, is a, you know, very smart but also rewarding for a brand to learn. So it's, it, there's a, a learning lab environment involved. Um, and how we use social is, you know, we have um, our product stories, of course. You know, social is such a great storytelling uh, mechanism, but we tell product stories. We can talk about our brand heritage, um, our brand's role in empowering women, for instance, or in any of the um, change and social good that our brand is involved in. We we talk about our campaign, um, and we talk about anything that we have in terms of moving image storytelling. It's such a great platform now. Thankfully, yes. so many of them have become a great place for video, and um, you know, so we we're 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 loving the learning that comes from working within each one and, and how they have their own strengths and differences. And I think it's a, a great place for a brand to actually cater how they, um, how they work within each format. And so when you work differently within each format, does that become then a difficulty of scale? How, how are you able to customize the content so that it's really different? Do you establish an overall generalized theme and then execute it differently? Or how does that generally work? We certainly have our overarching, um, you know, brand uh, voice, and that voice is consistent throughout. It's, yep. You know, it's, it's so interesting if you learn that in Instagram, um, images do better if it's maybe um, more product shots that are intimate and no faces. You know, you learn so many interesting things in these platforms, and, and that, comes, um, that comes from feedback from others, and, and that's why I called it a, a really learning ground and something that we, we enjoy um, communicating and, and learning from. But the um, the things that interest us are, are are in fact that what we um, how we can cater each one and it does take the people on our team to understand each channel very well. So we have people on our team that, in their own right, in their own personal brand, have very strong Instagram followers. They're very strong Pinterest followers. They understand the power of image. They understand you know what works really well with content, um, and you know and getting into the gap world, you know, product laydowns and how we treat product and, and how that gets a response. So it's, it's something that we believe that it's the power of uh, the person running the channel too. You can't just be big brand um, and expect that, that you can just push content and it's understood. It's, it's actually communicating on a very one-to-one level. And you guys are really seen, I, I think, in watching you. I've watched you for a long time as as real innovators in the space. You're one of usually one of the first on on many of the networks. And like you said, that's why the story of Foursquare resonated with me a lot. And so, do you feel that it is important? How important is it to be early on some of these networks when you take a bet, like you said, on you know an emerging network? You say, okay, I think this could be it. How important is it to be one of the earliest, or is it okay to you know jump on once once a bunch have been there? Is it important to you guys to be first? We uh, we have a history of being first, yes. just in Gap's history, which is interesting about us. Um, there is a, a a value in being first in the sense that we. We love seeing a new way to communicate. Um, it, it doesn't have to be about being first. It, it's about being right, and it's about having a platform that you see such value in and that you want to help uh, them get to a next level. And, and I think um, you look at Vine, and people really learned on that platform that it was mostly the first movers on the platform that helped shape what it is right now. Yes. Um, so it's, it's, 
it's a little bit of both, but I think if your intention is not just solely to be first, if your intention is to um, see the value in a channel, to understand it quickly, and actually help them understand themselves and move on to a you know bigger, better place, um, that's probably the the best intention. So it's it's not just about being first; it's about being right with where you want to go. Right. And so how do you really make sure that you are staying at the forefront, right, that you're making the right moves, that you're innovating, that you're doing all of that within social? Do you guys have an sort of innovation process? How do you know what to do next? You know, it, it starts with people. We, I mentioned earlier, we have um, people that love social. They're very curious about it. They're very curious about the startup world. They're involved in not only uh, uh, the fashion sense, but they're involved with startups that are trying to make it in that world. They're involved with startups that are trying to make it in other pieces that, that are important to our business, um, whether it's in social goods, social loyalty, mm-hmm. platforms that maybe specialize in music. Um, music is a huge part of our heritage. So we're looking, you know, Gap has a, um, a, a, a heritage and a, a personality that leads us to places naturally. And, and through those, it's about individuals that, that are here, that are committed to looking for um, new ways to communicate and innovate, but it's also that curiosity piece. We just have people who are naturally there, who are naturally the first to adapt um, apps, who are naturally first, you know, to hear about a startup or maybe be involved in, um, you know, helping that community. And Tricia, how many people do you have who are working on social like app? Well, we do have uh, many people around the world, so I'd have to start there. We have a, (laughs) you know, uh, multiple regions and, and people all over the world. Here in New York, um, there are six team members, but that again is um, is uh, you know there's a, a cast of of people out there as we work through um, the global markets. Got it. So you're working with the global markets, but six people headquartered here in the U.S. Headquartered here. Awesome. And so, how is it not? Do you are you able to keep them from burning out with feeling like social media is twenty four seven? I know that the the need to respond, the need to be on, the need to really be there is is pretty constant. Uh, do you find that? And do you keep ways for them to not burn out or feel like they need to be on their phones at all times? Um, it is constant, and you have to you you know. Even if we told someone not to be on their phone at all right. times, I think all of us right now are on our phones at all Right, times. right. It's um, so hard. It's, no, it, it really it, is. <laughs> That's uh, sometimes a personal choice. But yep. um, we, we, we do. We, we need to be involved. We, we are, have our social community management team in-house, and we, um, we believe that's important to have that personal voice. But in order to keep uh, people from burning out, there's, um, you know, there's there's personal passions. We have a, a few people that love Instagram, and that's the the channel that they prefer to communicate on, even in their personal lives. And that's uh, they're they're running that channel for us as a brand. So we've we've really paid attention to who we have and what their passions are, and and we keep uh, in touch with that. And I think because it's it's always a learning ground, and you're always hearing back from consumers and customers about what content they like. You're always changing, so it's it's hard to truly get burned out. It just is a matter of um, you know that that personal that personal curiosity again, and it, I think that never dies. 
I love that you. Um, I love that. It's you're one of the um, you're one of the first people actually who I've heard when they're manage it has a group managing it that they actually select the team members to work on the networks that they personally love. That is such a great concept. If you have the ability and the team to do it, really looking at, at and selecting people who love different networks is very interesting. Yeah, that's really yeah. cool. That's great. I love it. Okay, so social media is 24-7. You guys are not off your phones because, in general, it's very hard to step away because you love it also, right? So when you love it and you're there and you're present, you know, you're you're always on there. And obviously, you're in a brand that's talked about a lot. Um, how do you handle in a big public space when people are dissatisfied either with products or um, any campaigns or anything? How How do you handle that? And when it escalates, how do you handle it? So we're, you know, we are there, as you mentioned earlier. Um, we do communicate with people when it's about product and when it's um, about those things. We certainly communicate quickly and let them know how to how, how to solve the problem. I think brands uh, fall down when they don't do that or when that's, right. uh, you know, um, there's too much lag time. So that's an important value to us just in general. It's, it's, it's part of the dialogue. It's not monologue. Um, the dialogue is critical. Um, and you know when we when we have when you're involved like that and, and you are um, looking at the channels uh, on a consistent level, you're um, you're there when something happens. And then I think it's also important to communicate back. Um, we are able to um, to do that, and, and when we need to communicate about an, an issue or about something that someone has pointed out or doesn't like, um, we believe in the the value of being uh, quick and prompt and. and and authentic. So it's it's something again that it's all brands have to make that commitment that that is what they care about if 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 they are a consumer first brand. That's great. And so it's really all about being prompt and being pretty it sounds like you're being pretty transparent too in in engaging in a dialogue with them. Yes. So tell me about some of the best campaigns. I mean, we've seen a ton, and I know I know you have the Gap Kit, the awesome Gap Kids one going on now, of course, because I have my own little Gap Kids <laughs> that I see, and I, I said, oh, I have to oh, enter them, yes. my two little kitties. Um, but so tell me about some of the best campaigns you've done in social. Like, what are you most proud of? Um, well, thank you for saying Gap Kids. I was actually going to say that. Oh, you were? So... I ruined your surprise. Yes. I mean, uh, we we just launched our At Kids ca- uh, channel I channels um two weeks ago so we're i we can't be more proud of that actually and and moms are you know the internet and moms are almost uh the same word synonymous yeah so we (laughs) we believe um very strongly we wanted to have the uh, the at gap kids channel um so we do have our own pinterest um instagram and twitter um i have to say it was so much fun to be you know born on twitter and and really announce the uh the op- opening of um our channel so we're proud of that um and also i, I think, saw the know, campaign around that the campaign's amazing the one yes, to, to having is. them to be yeah. in the marketing campaign in 2015 hello what what parent wouldn't wouldn't <laughs> respond to that that's like genius i love it that's right. And we want people to keep doing that. So um, we're really excited about that. That awesome. um, at uh, our Gap Kids class. Yeah, that's um, ongoing. We, we're thrilled for that. So, at, you know, the, the kids piece is something we've had a lot of fun with. It's um, something that, that's been in the works for a while. So um, that's one. And I think um, something that, you know, uh, we, we also did this year and, and is something that is a huge part of our heritage is celebrating women. And so we, on International Women's Day, we launched our platform um, called One Stitch Closer. 
And One Stitch Closer really celebrates uh, the lives uh, and women who have changed the world for, for women and others. Um, One Stitch Closer is, um, is at this time, you know, we, we launched International Women's Day, which was important to us to do and, and do that globally. And um, it's a conversation that continues on. Um, we actually created the hashtag Women Inspire so we could share stories about women that are doing things in the world to better the world. Um, so that was, you know, a very, what we would call very successful because it's very true to our hearts and um, part of our, our heritage. It sounds like a campaign that you could really get behind in terms of just a feel-good a feel good campaign that everyone at the organization can really rally against. It's, it's awesome. Yeah. The stories don't stop. You know, we, we, we featured some films with um, some key women we thought were doing amazing things, but the beauty of this is that there just are more and more stories that people are telling us. And again, it goes back to dialogue. I think a brand has got to commit to dialogue and not just monologue. And so we, we really see um, the, the One Stitch Closer and, and Women Inspire as, as a, an ability for dialogue and to have a conversation about um, entrepreneurship among women and doing you know good, good in the world for women. That's incredible. And tell me, tell me a little bit about how you measure the success of the campaigns that you run. So how, what makes a campaign successful? Other than resonating with your tone and voice, which is definitely clear in both of those campaigns, how, how do you know that a campaign worked? Um, you know, I'm proud to say it actually will, it'll differ every time. So if you're doing it right, you have set different metrics and different needs based on, on um, either what your business needs or what you want to change. If you want to change your conversation, if you want to um, inspire change, if you want to communicate about a campaign, all the metrics will be different. But some of the things we do measure, so going back to One Stitch Closer, it's just such a, a good and recent example, we wanted shares. We, we right. really wanted people to share. Right. And, you know, that's, that's different than just pure engagement, or that may be different than how many followers you have. That's, that's a, you know, that's about changing conversation or inspiring um, people to tell stories. So sharing became an important metric. Um, and, you know, at get the, the uh, Gap Kids class that you mentioned earlier, um, you know, that's something that's such a, a beautiful opportunity for moms to um, encourage other moms to, to um, bring their kids to that or to share also in, in that sense. And so everything will be a little bit different metric. Um, and I think that's important. You should actually stop and say, is this a formula or is this, is this authentic and is it um, different? I love that. I love that it's different for every, every campaign. And I would imagine the Gap Kids one is about influence too, right? Because you get moms really, like you said, influencing other moms to participate. It's really all about that power, uh, that mom power, the collective mom power that comes together that I've seen time and time again, which is why I'm obsessed with that campaign, if, you, if I haven't said it enough. When I first got here, actually, I, I spoke one time at iMoms Media Summit, and I I told the story then, so I think it's interesting now. Um, when I first came to Gap, um, you know, I, I looked at how we were communicating uh, with each of our um, in, in our channels and also just within our, our um, adult business and, and kids' baby business. And I remember thinking, you know, um, we have the uh, most of what I've learned about our kids' and baby business came from the internet, actually. You know, I realized that when I was actually digging so much into our brand's history and heritage, I was hearing so much about our brand from moms. Right. And that was such a special thing to, to 
to learn and stumble upon because moms really want a platform for expression and and they have um, you know they've mastered that in in social and and uh, and just how they communicate through communities and so we celebrate that we think that's that's a um, a great thing. Now, Trisha, is sales ever a metric in social, or do you not ever even look at it? We um, we always look cohesively. So um, you you know any any I think any person probably with a background in, in digital and beyond would tell you it's about the collective and not yeah. just one channel. So yeah. um, it would be unfair to actually assign one channel the the uh, ability to to make the needle move. It is it is always a song. It's never a lyric. So I think. Um, you have to look at it collectively. But we we do pay attention to all things that are important to our business, but we look at it as the whole. So tell me, collectively at The Gap, how many employees are there, if you include store personnel as well? Uh, 55,000. Wow. And so that's a ton of people, <laughs> a ton of people. And that's a ton of people that that actually can get behind a lot of what you're doing in social. Do you use your employees in social at all? And if so, how do you communicate with them? Um, we do. We encourage our, our employees. I mean, they're actually very passionate about the brand we found. So I'm that sure. was another insight that we stumbled upon is that they really want to communicate and they really want to share things and they really want to talk about it on their personal um, channels as well as, you know, just on behalf of, of uh, the company. And so we've just created tools for them to do that better. Um, and we, we certainly encourage it. We we want to help them um, do that. And, and we, you know, again, it's, these are a lot of people that are um, passionate about not only the brand, but are passionate about social media, and they, they're very active in it. So we just help, help create that environment w- work better for them and for us. So encouraging them to share and, and, and having that transparency within the company sounds like it's a really important value to you. Yes. That's so great. And so when you're looking to hire somebody, let's say in your department, Okay, so you're hiring somebody into social, into corporate. What's the skill set that you would say that you look for when you're bringing somebody in? Passionate about the channels, um, aware of um, you know those those insights, um, the shelf life of a tweet versus yep. uh, what maybe needs to be changed for Pinterest. I think um, I know I've said it a lot, but the the curiosity, the intellectual curiosity, and the comfort level to go down a path, even if you're going to help that channel learn it better, or you're going to help that company understand it better. It's not already prescribed. Um, And a a high degree of empathy. I think, you know, anybody who's communicating um, in an organization where you are in in service to customers, empathy is is such a key thing. And I think social media is is a place where that can really be displayed. Um, And we look for people who understand how to communicate in... uh, photo as well as in, you know, in words. It's, yes. it's right now every social platform is, uh, you know, image-based and now video. And, you know, that's, that's a cr- critical skill set. And how have you dealt with as social media has transitioned, not all social, but as some of the networks start to transition to be much, much more focused on advertising? Obviously, you know, Facebook and the algorithm changed quite a bit uh, to really benefit advertisers, et cetera. Has Gap adjusted to be able to um, really change the strategy to deal with the paid approach as well? We are, you know, every brand that is participating in either a paid or, um, you know, on their own, of course, we're all having to um, rethink how we utilize the platforms as they evolve. Um, So we've evolved with them. What we 
we will think about is what the role each will play. Um, yeah. You know, one platform may be a great place for us to have an advertising presence and a, a paid presence, but it might be more about geography. It could be more about communicating things that are happening in a more immediacy level or events um, where other channels are really great for telling a heritage story or a brand story. So while they are evolving and changing, we are, you know, we're watching over it, but we're also making decisions if the role that we want to use them may change because of it. Um, and uh, it's, it's an important thing. It's you have to say and, you know, you almost have to ask them where they think they're going to be in a year. Right, um, and, right. And keep that, I love, keep that honest dialogue open. I love what you said there and previously in the Foursquare story about having a dialogue with the networks as they approach. It's really, it's, that's a great, we haven't heard that before. And I think that that's really smart in terms of forming relationships with the networks and with the startups themselves uh, to get that insight and move forward. I think that's a great thing. So when you're looking at your career and your job, what would you say is the most re- rewarding part? Tell me what's the most rewarding part of your job and the, the best uh, advice you could give to, so others can have that type of rewarding experience. The most rewarding part is actually, you know, this is on a real uh, personal level. It's about being a manager. I love teaching and managing and being a, uh, a manager that has a coaching mentality. Um, I've loved it since someone did that for me. I, I believe in the, the value of that. I think, um, you know, people are really the only consistency we have in, in our businesses, in our world, in our private lives. But I think the, um, the ability to manage and teach others has is, is just been a, a personal um, delight. What I would tell others is, I've said it so much, but I will say it again, be curious, celebrate other women in, in the, the, um, the world and your, you know, all around you participate in ways to uplift that. And I think, you know, keep, keep the dialogue open, you know, take advantage of, of brands and people and, and things that want to evolve and want to keep the, you know, inspiration alive and, and want to keep moving forward. And, you know, as, as people get into their careers, you have to uh, look for places that have a clear path for you. If, if you want to be uh, in an organization that is about testing and, and changing and evolving, um, you know, look for those and, and participate in ways to do that for yourself. I think that's the best advice. That's awesome advice. I think one of the ways our social ladies benefit best is when they hear not just the amazing successes, um, but some of the challenges. Can you tell us at all about one of, the, one of the things that you found challenging in your career, a challenge that you faced? You know, one of the biggest challenges is there's always going to be change, and you really need to surround yourself with people that um, believe, you know, change is inevitable, but growth is optional. And um, I think, you know, a challenge may come when you've, um, you know, early on in your career when you believe that you can go into an environment and and soak it all in and learn everything you can and and help change that environment. Um, I've, I've seen challenges early on where that may not have happened. Um, right. But I think it's about being open-minded, and I think it's where I learned the value of empathy early on. Challenges has come um, from, you know, a, a time and place where maybe I didn't have that skill set yet, and I think that's why I believe in it so strongly as a, a piece of advice to give. It's a great piece of advice, and I think empathy is often overlooked. I love how you used empathy also, um, not just in your own career, but in what's essential for social media marketers, I think, is, is key. I think it's it's a great piece that we haven't had here before as well. So you've got a lot of new nuggets today, Trisha. I love it. 
<laughs> a lot, a lot of good, a lot of good things. And then, what would you say is the biggest challenge for the gap in social? What's something that they would want to tackle but haven't, or what you want to see happen? You know, there are um, new entrants into the market, and sometimes they go right away. Um, our challenge is is knowing uh, who who might survive and who who not. Um, and uh, you know, one of the challenges we've we've also faced is when we had our businesses on the same channel. So when our adult business and our kids' baby business was in one place, um, that was a, a challenge to really have a, a clear brand personality for our kids and baby business. And I think um, luckily just over the last two weeks, we've overcome that and we're still learning from it. But um, I would say that's that was a, a challenge in social that, that um, needed to be fixed. And, and um, we're happy to say we're happily communicating to moms on a personal level now. For sure. And I saw it right away. I mean, that's and I saw that. I really did. I saw it as a mom before I saw it as a marketer, which is great. I mean, you know, it's so hard because I'm so in the space, but I did see that as a mom and and thought that that would be great. Okay, I've got one final question for you. You know, I noticed through a lot of what you were saying that you really have a very differentiated network approach, you know, really taking different strategies for different networks. You communicate differently on each one. What is your personal favorite social network? For you and then for The Gap. Which is your favorite for The Gap and your favorite for you? Favorite for The Gap is uh, Instagram, actually. Instagram is um, a place where we have really learned and understood the power of storytelling with product. It's been so much fun. Um, so that, that channel for us is, has been one. And it's also fun to watch it explode across the world. I mean, you know, as we learn what our partners in, in different countries are doing on Instagram, it's, it's been such a fun medium. Um, Personal favorite, I know it, it, it will sound biased, but it's actually also Instagram. <laughs> I have to tell you, it's the best one. It's everybody I ask says the same thing. Yep. I basically have to stop asking it because every person says Instagram every time. Yep. It's unbelievable. I I can remember where I was the first time somebody showed it to me. I That minute, you know, uh, sat there and, and downloaded it, signed up, took my first picture. You know, I've it was one of the ones where it's just a personal love, and I think that's what's really important is um, – if it's a personal love, you'll you'll you understand it and you treat it well. But I have fallen in love with Instagram for sure. So Trisha, if users and listeners want to connect with you, where's the best place for them to do so? The best place um, is unless they have a great photo for me, the best place would be Twitter. Um, so that would be at Trisha L Nichols. I love it, Trisha. Well, thank you so much for sharing with us today your advice, your insight, and all of your thoughts, and and just for sharing the information around the gap, too. It's just we are really, really appreciative and so thankful to have you on the show today. Well, thank you for having me. It was a blast. And I'm definitely going to stalk you for a coffee date eventually. I know you're a busy woman, but I'm going to find you and be like, I want to get you coffee. I want to learn more all about the gap. But I definitely will. That would be perfect. You've been listening to All the Social Ladies with Carrie Kerfin, CEO of Likeable Media. You can follow Carrie on Twitter, at Carrie Kerpin. To get current social media insights and great tips, sign up for Carrie's weekly newsletter by emailing newsletter at likeable.com.